now also those non-listed large companies are going to have the requirement for reporting. So they should exceed two of these thresholds. So uh, over 50 million in revenue, over 25 million in balance sheets, and over 250 employees. So if you meet two of these three criteria, then it is mandatory to report according to the CSRD from the annual year 2025. Welcome to the Urbanista, where we discuss the water management challenges of Nordic cities. From safe drinking water distribution and stormwater collection to building sustainable urban living environments. Here is your host, Delphine Vesalo. Hello, welcome back, Urbanistas. It's so nice to be back in your ears or in your eyes if you are yeah, watching us on, on YouTube. You know, there are many conversations around how companies are evaluating their sustainability efforts. Overall, in the context, context of corporate responsibility. But um, how to accurately measure and report those efforts? What do those efforts really mean for employees, partners, shareholders? Uh, overall, overall, these last ones how does sustainability can impact the financial reporting of a company? Yeah, the finances. I'm pretty sure the investors will be interested in this, the investors from your company. And, uh, well, everybody's fearing the famous greenwashing, right? How do we avoid this? By tracking and by measuring and reporting all your efforts in a very transparent way? Well, today we have an expert to deep dive into all these questions and, and many more. So who are you and what do you do? Hi, it's good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. My name is Ella Tanskanen. I'm heading sustainability services at GreenStep and we provide sustainability services and financial services, HR services in the Nordic countries. And today it's it's very good to be here and talk more about the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive and other related things. Thank you so much, Ella, for being here today. And uh, yeah, if we start uh, from, from the basics, because I'm pretty sure many people out there, they may not be, or at least not informed until the latest developments. So could you explain a bit or define, uh, explain a bit the key aspects of the European Union's Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive? Yes, very happy to. So CSRD, Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, is the new sustainability reporting directive of the European Union. And this regulation is intended to enhance transparency and provide comparability between companies when it comes to sustainability information. And this kind of more structured and regulated sustainability reporting helps investors customers, insurers, and other very important stakeholders to put their money into companies that are actually providing solutions for a more sustainable future. And it's not just a reporting exercise, but instead it should be taken as a strategic tool that it actually helps companies to analyze their impacts, risks, and opportunities from a sustainability perspective. 
And uh, when it comes to the schedule of the reporting, it's, it's very interesting for many companies out there. This does not uh, only involve those large listed companies, that this has been the case before, but instead, now also those non-listed large companies are going to have the requirement for reporting. So they should exceed two of these thresholds. So uh, over 50 million in revenue, over 25 million in balance sheet, and over 250 employees. So if you meet two of these three criteria, then it is mandatory to report according to the CSRD from the annual year 2025. So it's coming really, really soon, actually, because it means that in 2024, you already start to prepare for the reporting in order to report all those material topics. In, so a good time uh, from to start. Year. Yeah. Yeah, a good time to start right now. Yeah, as, as definitely. Are, yeah, in, yeah. In, in, and uh, many companies have actually already started. All right. So just to be to be absolutely clear, what you mm -hmm. mentioned, the companies that meet at least two of these requirements that you mentioned, mm -hmm. they are obligated. So it's mandatory per it law following the European Union. So it's not an optional thing or something that you can eventually substitute with with something yeah. else. Yeah. All right. The yeah. companies that may not meet these two requirements, because they are smaller, their scope is, I mean, mm -hmm. their line of business is different. What about those smaller companies not meeting this this criteria can they do it should they do it yes so uh, first of all those listed small and medium-sized companies that are not exceeding these thresholds they are going to start reporting from the annual year 2026 so it's coming very soon also for those companies. But when we talk about these companies that are non-listed, uh, small companies, many of those have large customers who are seeking this ESG information from these companies. We have those discussions a lot. So it means that they need to report, they need to um, collect the data for their customers. So even they may not be like directly or immediately obligated to, to comply with this anyway, it will become, I mean, very convenient that they will start to do it anyway. Mm. Yes. So, um, so the customers, uh, they need to, uh, when they need to report according to the CSRD, it means that they need to analyze their whole value chain. It's not just about the company operations, but instead they should take a broader perspective that is also required. So the whole value chain, and of course, these smaller companies are part of the value chain. So they also need to have the data in place. And now what I pointed out there also was that it is a strategic tool also for the small companies in all industries. It means that now you should definitely take a look at your sustainability impacts, risks and opportunities in order to be future-proof. Which, uh, which would you say are the main challenges that the, for any company that in implementing this. Now, I understand you have been working already for quite some time uh, um, and as a consultant uh, advising this type, this type of companies. Which are the challenges that you have seen, the, the key ones that they don't know where to start from or 
implementing the CSRD? So I would say that value chain analysis is is the point that has the primary challenges uh, because the regulation enforces companies to analyze not just their own operations, but instead map and analyze the impacts for the whole value chain. And now companies um, at the moment, they have trouble finding their own ESG data from their own operations, let alone upstream and downstream impacts, risks and opportunities. So I would definitely say that value chain analysis is, is the one where we can find the primary challenges. All this, of course, it's based on data, which kind of adds uh, an extra layer of complexity for companies that may not be that data-driven, let's say so. Mm-hmm. Um, the data management. So how companies should approach this managing all these data and verifications of, of the sustainability data to, to comply with the CSRD? Mm-hmm. Yes, so uh, the CSRD reporting, uh, it is a significant data and information systems development process. So the handling of sustainability information must be raised to the same level of seriousness as the use and reporting of financial information. So this is, of course, a good thing because now investors and uh, and insurers, they are going to have more detailed, more comparable, um, more transparent information uh, so that they can actually make decisions. So this requires the extraction of sustainability information from the information systems. And of course, this is also a field where many companies still have plenty of work to do. Because this, I believe, this should be or is a strategic decision by, by the different companies. So there may be the initial challenge of they may have their own business strategy like set up already. So how do we integrate this extra layer, complexity or not, this extra layer of of sustainability into the already existing business line policies, processes? So is this, how significant this change you think it could be? Well, of course, it depends on the company. much of this information is already there. It's in the EHR system, for example, when it comes to social sustainability, um, or it's in the ERP system. But you just need to understand what kind of information uh, is the sustainability information and, and where is it at the moment. And this is where we need to uh, kind of like narrow the gap between the current state of data, current state of reporting, and then the requirements of the future. If, if we try to get down to, let's say, some, some concrete examples, because you said the data may be there in your HR system, the data may be there in your ERP, because that's how you control what, whatever you produce, how do you distribute it, etc. Um, because since this comes down pretty much of how a company operates, well, first, how the company operates, if it is a, the type of company that produces something, produces mm-hmm. a product to then sell it, however, is the way to sell it. So how are they producing that good? I mean, manufacturing it, the suppliers that they use to, 
to 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 get the the raw materials, whatever they are producing. So are those also included? I mean, the the mm. stakeholders or the partners that that company mm. had. Yes, because that is where we map the value chain. They are a crucial part of the value chain, and that is where they also need to need to find the current information of the ESG impacts. Then I may assume that if if a me in my company we decide to start doing this, our partners, mm. our vendors should also start mm. to doing it because at some point we will require from them certain information, certain data, and if they mm. don't have it, if it is not if it is not complete or in the same format that we would like to have or that it's, it's mandatory mm. to have, so mm. this is kind of a ripple effect. If I do it, therefore my Partners, my business partners should also start doing it. Yes, yes, and this is the discussions that we have uh, almost on a weekly basis. That the company itself can be very small, um, under ten million of um, turnover, but they have these large customers, or they are part of the value chain of a big company, and the big company needs to start reporting according to the CSRD and they require a long list of information and they need to be sure that the information is valid. So this is just like you explained that this comes down to every company in a, in, in some way. But definitely there should be some layer of uh, maturity whether my company wants to do it and we have we, we, we are ready to invest on it and get ready. But if my partners are not ready or are too willing to do it because they can't, they have not the resources, whatever is their valid business reason, mm. uh, that may impact me because I cannot progress. So mm. what do we need to bring everybody? I mean, first of all, I guess awareness. Mm. But what else do you think? I mean, to really bring everybody together, at least within your industry. Um, I think it's it's coming um, due to the regulation, of course, because uh, it is mandatory, uh, but also because it, it, of course, benefits those companies that can provide the information in place. Uh, it is also a competitive advantage that if you partner with, with us, we can ensure you with data that uh, we are also a sustainable um, sustainable business and uh, our product is, is actually sustainable compared to uh, other products on the market. So, so I would say that it should be taken as a competitive advantage that you have your processes in place. All right. Now, now you mentioned, I mean, getting down to the details of implementation. First of all, Whatever change management we need to we need to have in place, of course, because this implies changing certain things in our company and with, with our partners. Second, okay, let's this um, measurement in place, implement technology, the tools. Can you talk about more the role of this technology, the tools? Because we are going to manage a lot of one uh, huge amount of data, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now AI, well, there you go. Whatever is buzzword, it's it's everywhere. Mm. How do we go about this implementing or using the technology or tools to process all this data? Mm. 
Yes, well, we have seen that there are many, many um, service providers already in the market that have um, noticed this uh, business opportunity when it comes to sustainability information and, and new technologies. So I think that the customers have many options to choose from. Uh, so that is that is the first aspect that the market is is getting very hot. Um, uh, at the same time, when it comes to, of course, the quality of the sustainability data, uh, it is going to be further developed year to year. So we will see the technology development in the quality of data. Um, and of course, this is um, also something that we tell to our customers as well, that when we start the reporting, if we start from scratch, uh, that the company has not uh, done any sustainability reporting before. The first report um, does not have to be perfect, but it's just the key is to consider uh, the transparency, the clarity that we describe where we are at the moment and where we want to go and what is still under development. So um, this is just like bringing some like positive mindset to this if you are working in a company that has not done any kind of sustainability reporting before um, it is a process and it's a development process uh, when it comes to technology that helps us it is going to be further developed for sure uh, artificial uh, artificial intelligence applications they bring value to our work as well in reporting, and I, I'm sure that it will in the future more and more. Um, it makes professionals work easier, um, but then I would say that it still cannot be compared with the experience of a professional, of a sustainability professional. Because of course, now when we have new regulation, uh, we we want to um, we want to deep dive into it uh, and uh, also see the benchmarks that are going to be uh, seen in the in the new future of how companies actually take this to their own operations. So independently of the technology or the tools that you are using, that, as you said, eventually they will evolve, mm -hmm. the message is start. Mm -hmm. Start doing yes. it. Start yes. doing it. As you said, if you don't necessarily need to get it right immediately. Mm. Uh, this is a process and is more the strategy of doing it step by step, start small and then incrementally add more layers or of course, as you get more information to start to build up, mm. but start yes. doing it. You yes. have to get, you have to get at it as soon as, well, as soon as possible. I mean, 2024, we are talking. So as, as soon as you possibly as you possibly can. Yes, yes, and do not feel afraid, because as I as I mentioned in the very beginning, uh, it is a strategic tool, and it brings you business opportunities. When you now start to map your sustainability impacts, risks, and opportunities, you can find the business opportunities there. So uh, now would be a perfect place and time to start doing it so that you can actually develop your business further to be future-proof. Right. Uh, since all this started 
I mean, this this legal framework coming from from the European Union. Are there any other policies or any other at European Union level? I mean, mm. other policies, other related regulations that we should be aware. Um, this European Green Deal. I mean, there are many things going around. Is there any other thing that we need to consider together mm. with the CSRD? Mm. Yes. Well, I would say that these. Um these policies uh, and frameworks, they are well designed to work seamlessly uh, together and complement each other, uh, especially CSRD, taxonomy, and SFDR, uh, Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation, SFDR. So these work seamlessly together. It's the purpose of them. And also the future uh, CSDDD uh, uh, can be very relevant for sustainable uh, urban development in the future. But um, yeah, they they link seamlessly. And actually, it says in the um, just one example, um, it says in the ESRS three. Uh, ESRS is European Sustainability Reporting Standard, ESRS. Uh, it says that sustainability statement users uh, will be able to understand uh, whether, how, and to what extent uh, the undertaking is contributing to the European Green Deal's ambitions for fresh water, clean, uh, fresh air, clean water, healthy soil, biodiversity, uh, as well as to ensuring the sustainability of blue economy and fisheries sectors. So this is just one example of the links that are there in the ESRS uh, when it comes to, for example, the European Green Deal. We have been talking about yeah, the technology, the tools that can evolve as well as, as they do uh, normally. But what about the future of the actual uh, normative is, do you preview any further development of the actual requirements or amendments or how can we get prepared or the companies can get prepared for eventual yeah, amendments mm. on the CSRD? Uh, well, some future developments, of course, the sector-specific standards are um, an essential part of this package and they are coming at a later date. And as we've seen now during this year, for example, we have seen uh, updates on CSRD, for example, when it comes to these criteria. Uh, we first had a, a different a threshold. We had 40 million, but now it's 50. So this kind of um, developments can come for sure in the future as well. But I would take this as it is, for example, these criteria, they are now here. And um, there is kind of like no, um, don't have to worry about this just not coming after all. But instead, we should now act and go forward. All right. So this is certainly a complex topic. And is not only collecting the data, reviewing your processes, documenting everything, and of course, in a transparent way to, yeah, to, to, to present it, but also to communicate it. So how do we communicate this? Because, well, 
all the every company is is afraid of this very feared greenwashing. Yeah, mm-hmm. doing something apparently in a, with a sustainable um, way, but not really having no substance in the end. So that's what yeah, the greenwashing is, it just apparently. So how do we communicate this? If you have everything in place, do you think that's that's one of the key things to how do we communicate all this? Mm. Yeah, well, the key is the transparency of the progress that is is done and and what is still to come so that the work is in progress for sure in every company and uh, i would say that many companies out there they they don't uh, mean to uh, do greenwashing of course there are companies out there with with different reasons but in many times it's just about the perspective is a bit too narrow when it comes to sustainability and we we pick maybe not the right words to describe or we don't understand the context and the and the complexity of it um so um i would say that with the csrd um with this very um formal regulated way to report on sustainability um it it brings out uh the work in progress it brings out that you have the targets in place um and you have the measures in place to measure the progress and the topic is measured in a proper way and this is very interesting information to all stakeholders and in, it ensures that uh that you can show a good trend you can show that okay now you measure it and now you have set the targets and when you have the data in place you can verify your stakeholders uh, to your stakeholders that okay i'm showing a good trend as it is in financial information so we have to take the seriousness of the financial information uh, we want to show a good trend in the financial statement and now we also want to show a good trend in in sustainability performance right now you are touching something yeah super important and super interesting for the investors i'm sure which is the crossroad between all the efforts that you may be doing to comply with the CSRD all your own efforts of keep your processes your, your the operations of your company sustainable right and then from the other side comes the financial performance of the of the company pretty much yeah revenue and profit how are you doing but now we are coming to these crossroads where all the sustainability information and reporting can add value or how how can we how can we uh, approach these two things when they they merge the financial information and the sustainability information. Yes, so when it comes to CSRD, uh, double materiality analysis is required to even start the process. And um, double ma- sorry, double materiality analysis. Yes. What what is that exactly just for the sake of clarity? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Uh, it's good to clarify. So double materiality it means that you analyze the impacts of your company um, and and in the whole value chain to environment and to people. So the impacts, um, the negative and the positive impacts, 
And then also you analyze the financial materiality, which means that you analyze how the sustainability um, topics, for example, climate change, uh, how they impact to your business. And so they will be, uh, this impacts risks and opportunities. Uh, they will have a monetary value. So that's one key change. Uh, and of course, uh, companies want to describe the opportunities because that is information that is interesting to your investors. You can show your your potential, you can show your um, value. And of course, companies have done this kind of risk assessment in the in the past as well, because um, it's of course very important for the whole business continuity. But uh, now we also talk about the sustainability related risks, as, as I mentioned, uh, climate change, and um, for example. Uh, floods, uh, how would a flood affect your factory? Uh, how could you mitigate these type of risks? What is the cost of the mitigation? And also uh, these identified risks should also include the assessment of irremediability. So it means that uh, we should analyze um, is this type of risk, is it permanent? Or is it, uh, is it not permanent damage? So um, new is the, the risk assessment um, with monetary value, uh, including the sustainability-related risks, but also opportunities, their monetary value. And, um, and that this is a um, very strategic, strategic discussion in the company. Well, yeah, now, now it comes down to, in terms of risk management, as you mentioned, yeah, you can evaluate how likely, what would happen if I have a flood in, in my factory, whatever I'm, I am producing. It is not just the impact on the actual production or performance of that factory and whatever comes as a consequence in, in the product that you are producing, but that also will impact, I mean, financially, mm -hmm. that will also impact the sustainability um, side of your reporting, whatever happened with the field with the that is besides your factory, so that actually should be a key thing in the in the risk mm -hmm. in the risk assessment. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, now it comes from from both. And mm -hmm. as you said, that's how you need to evaluate from both point of view, but both both point of view, what yeah, what is the potential damage that mm -hmm. we can get for, for the company financially. And uh, yeah, so that is actually one of the key insights that I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking away from from this. What else can we can we advise companies up beyond all the things that we have mentioned? Mm -hmm. What else can we advise the companies for that are planning or are thinking already implementing uh, uh, the CSRD? Mm -hmm. Well, um, one key aspect that was maybe not discussed that much yet is the, the fact that you have to take your important stakeholders on board. Uh, it is required by the CSRD that stakeholders should be engaged to this process. And maybe you can start by uh, discussing these, um, 
these sustainability main topics uh, in your own management team first, but then you should go to your stakeholders. You can have interviews, you can have surveys, for example, um, but the main point is that they can point out uh, what do they think are uh, the most material sustainability topics when it comes to your business, and they can be different from your management team's um, point of views, but they still need to be engaged to this process and they are evaluated. So um, that is one key thing to remember when you start the alignment process, that you cannot do it just with your own people there, but you, you should bring your stakeholders on board. Those can be customers, um, investors, of course, but also, for example, environmental organizations or other NGOs, because they can have very valuable um, point of views and, and you can have valuable discussions that can also uh, help you identify the impacts, the risks and opportunities. All right. So, Ella, this has been super insightful. I mean, we have touched many things and I guess the main message is, well, start uh thinking or thinking, start already planning how are you going to comply with the CSRD. Start small, doesn't matter, but start. Then you can you can expand more. Transparency is, I believe, one of the main things that you are, you are advocating for, mm-hmm. even though you may not be fully, um, not have all the data, all the things in your hand, yeah. but at least say it, it's transparent. Mm-hmm. And the yeah, watch out with these deadlines in the next three, two, three years. Mm-hmm. Be aware of how. And I guess people will get help. Get help mm-hmm. from the expert if you are not too much into this. I don't know. I'm just trying to get yeah, these five main conclusion, main points. Would you like to ask something something else? What what would be the, the one thing that you would like that uh companies remind or or keep mm-hmm. in mind after this conversation? Yes. So I would say that the key thing is that this CSRD should be taken as a strategic tool and it helps you it helps you to analyze the impacts the risks and opportunities and this type of um analysis uh, it can bring you the new opportunities it can help you uh to make sure that your business is future proof because we we will see uh, how the environment around us is changing. Uh, we can see the impacts of the climate change. We can see how what kind of human rights risks are arising in the value chain, for example. So, so this is a key thing for your business to be future-proof. Thank you so much, Ella, for sharing your wisdom with us and with your with our audience today. And as we mentioned, as this directive may evolve and towards technology, I will kind of commit you within, I don't know, six months or so. Can we have another conversation to update on all these things? Always. Happy right. to be here. Thank right. You. So <laughs> to keep yeah, your, our, our audience, you urbanistas out there, this is something you have to bring up to your board of directors and yeah. Don't forget about it. Thank you so much, Ella. And thank you, Urbanistas, for listening. And see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Urbanista podcast, a production of Upono Infra 
the leader in sustainable infrastructure solutions. If you found it interesting, why don't you share it with your colleagues? We all together can move our industry forward.